Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents The Kingdom Driven Family Podcast with your host, Andrea Schwartz. This podcast will equip and empower you to help advance Christ's kingdom through God's primary institution, the family, building a home that serves Christ and His kingdom. This is Andrea Schwartz along with Nancy Wilk for another edition of Homeschooling Help. And today we are going to talk about this outside the box concept of ambassadors and how to be ambassadors and why to be ambassadors to your neighborhood and to the surrounding community. So hello, Nancy. Hello, Miss Andrea. How are you doing? Good. That's so Southern. Where I'm from in New York, we never called anybody Miss This or Miss That. It was always by their last name, but I like the practice. Um, but anyway, let's get back to business. Okay. So we're talking about ambassadors. So I'm going to put you on the spot. What's okay. an ambassador? Why? Why do? What's the? What is an ambassador in the most common understanding of ambassadorship? Yeah, when I well, when I first when I first hear ambassador, I think of well, two things because I, I because I've been in um, been a, in Christian circles and I understand that we are supposed to be ambassadors for Christ. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. But most people would think of ambassadors as relating to another country, an ambassador of the United States to another country or an ambassador of another country being here. So it's, it's like representing one being the representative for someone else to a, a people. That's what I think of ambassador. Okay. So, yeah. And I believe that when the word is used scripturally, it's meant in the sense of appropriating that point of view. Mm-hmm. Right. And so a word related to ambassadors is embassy. So a, an ambassador would reside at or near the embassy in the other country or the other domain. And technically, if I'm not mistaken, it's considered the property of that nation to have an embassy in another country. Therefore, if someone can get to the embassy, then technically speaking, they're on the soil of the com- uh, of the country or domain that actually has that embassy. So mm-hmm. I don't think these are accidental terms in scripture. And mm-hmm. to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ would mean that you are representing your country to the other countries. Mm-hmm. And so in a sense, the Great Commission was making us all, those who were present and then by um, inheritance, you might say, all those of the Christian faith, ambassadors to the ambassadors, serving as ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Right. Yes. So we represent um, not not just as a like we really do represent the kingdom of God, the the authority of God, the safety of God, the the law of God in in our world where he's give, given us. Enjoy. Right. 
So if we look at the kingdom of God and we look at those of us who are members of the body of Christ, then whether or not a Christian brother or sister lives in Uganda or Taiwan or Venezuela or um, Scotland, we actually all are members of this kingdom. And that's why we could say this world is not our home. Ultimately, our citizenship is in heaven. And so that's where primary allegiance should be. Right. But that's not what I'm talking about today. Today, Pardon? that's not really the subject of today. That's the backdrop of any Christian family needs to understand itself as members of or citizens of the kingdom of God. And when we pray the Lord's Prayer, it's that that God's will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In other words, that there's no difference in as much yeah. as God rules. Right, right, right. Now, wait a second, though, too, because sometimes people think that the kingdom of God is mistakenly think that the kingdom of God is just in heaven or at some future point rather than having um, effectual influence now. So you want to you want to talk about that just a minute before you move on? Sure. Since you asked, um, I'll yeah. always say yes to you if you ask. Um, anyway, yes, the kingdom of God is wherever the king rules. And the Bible makes it clear that Jesus Christ is king of kings and Lord of lords. So there is no place where the kingdom of God doesn't exist. And mm -hmm. even if a group of people or people in a society at any given time are in rebellion, it doesn't abolish or disintegrate the kingdom of God. As we've talked many times before, either people will be under the blessings of God for obedience or the curses of God for disobedience, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the backdrop. So the whole idea of the church just being the kingdom or there is no kingdom now and uh, we have to wait till Jesus returns is a misunderstanding of scripture. The church right. exists as part of the kingdom, as does and as should the civil government, as does the family, as does those who are here still, those who will come in the future, and those who have gone before us and are now in the presence of the Lord. So the king, there is no place where the kingdom isn't. Yes. Okay. I, I really think that's a very important point. There's a little children's song that comes to my mind it's that love is the castle flown high from the castle of my heart, you know, as if that's the only place that God's love and his kingdom is in my heart. And it, it's not. It is it, like you say, every everywhere. There is nowhere in, that we see or don't see as we are alive in this body or alive with the Lord later that is not under his authority, his jurisdiction, and part of his kingdom. We exactly. don't have to understand it, but that's what's true. Exactly. And that's what we're praying in the Lord's Prayer. In other words, we want to see it ultimately and be assured that the victory will be there, that there will come a point in time, while we still have time, that... Yeah. Um, these two things will be united. In other words, that 
the God, God's law being um, relevant and applied and enforced in heaven, we long to see that day where it's enforced on earth. Thus, we can't say that the Bible has no applicability in areas of business or in areas of education or in areas of civil government, because if the Bible doesn't and the King of Kings doesn't have jurisdiction there, then someone else will. And that's the conflict that we have between humanism and Christianity and biblical faith. Mm -hmm. But as I said, that's a backdrop. So when right. I'm talking about being ambassadors to your neighborhood, I'm not saying that you go across the street or it's on either side of your property and say, hello, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. Okay. I know that that seems like a good idea to people sometimes, but my experience is that's not the way to do it, especially in a society that has lost a lot of even the Christian accoutrements that it used to be, for example, that, you know, Sundays uh, you had uh, shops and businesses were closed. Nowadays you travel on any Sunday. There are just as many people at the soccer game that there might be in the church parking lot. So you have to realize where you are. Mm -hmm. But in your neighborhood, you have a house or an apartment and you have an address and right. that address sort of determines who your neighbors are going to be. They're going to be the people who have a similar address, one number over. Right. So the ambassadorship, I believe, for homeschooling families should be knowing our neighbors, letting our neighbors know that, you know, this is who we are. And if you ever need any help, you know, we're home during the day, whatever it is. Oh, the train is coming. Um, All right. Okay. So, um, so we're, we're home during the day and uh, we're, we're available if you need something. You go ahead and you see your trash can, that the, your neighbor's trash can is blown over, that you pick it up and you point out to your you know, neighbor, by the way, I put your trash cans back because the trash guy left it in the middle of the street. In other words, you're creating a very positive um, relationship between the people who live in that apartment or that house. And these are people who are helpful. These are people who are friendly. Too often you have Christians that are sure that everybody will be against them because they're sure everybody believes the news and that uh, Christianity is hated. And, you know, it certainly is true that there is a ruling elite that doesn't like Christianity. However, however, we can dispel that by proving them otherwise. So um, being able to identify as a family and you're being an ambassador for your family. And the more you are an ambassador for your family, let me just get Nancy back here. Hold on. Okay, there we go. <clears throat> the more you can be an ambassador for your family, then that's the leading or presentation thing so that when people want to know more about you, they'll notice that you go to church or they notice things about you, that you're carrying a Bible or that you homeschool and they might ask you, why do you homeschool? And now you've started a conversation and they have a positive connection between your family, Christianity and homeschooling. Right. Okay, so that's that's um, that's a real um, practical thing 
we, I think of that just as being nice. You know, I think that's being nice. I think that's being neighborly. You know, I don't necessarily think of it as the kingdom of God. Well, shame on you because you see all that niceness and all that connotation is appropriated from how treating other people the way you want to be treated. Those are biblical concepts. The fact that they've been appropriated and not given credit. You know, if somebody says, you know, the truth will set you free. Oh, that's a lovely idea. It comes from the Bible. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Lovely idea. That comes from the Bible. What an ambassador must be aware of is the culture in which he's being an ambassador to. He can't go into that culture. For example, if it's a culture where you don't wear shoes in the house and he tramples on into someone's house, that's going to be a cultural offense. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean shoes are bad. That doesn't mean in his house, you know, I know missionaries who are in different parts of Africa. And if the woman didn't go around with her head covered, it would be an offense. So they understand the culture. Well, just because you're homeschool and you've prevented your children from being inundated with lies and wickedness that is often perpetuated in state schools, doesn't mean they don't need to be aware of what people might think, what people might consider. So the whole idea of being an ambassador is to change their mind. Let them have a different experience. I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So um, what are some of the other, other things? Well, I mean, you know, it could just, it could really be anything, you know, that is, that is, that we do that would represent, that does represent the Lord well, right. you know. But as you develop these relationships, it's important to infuse in your conversations and your interactions that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that the reason that you homeschool is that you consider it a question of obedience. Now, if you have public school teachers who live on either side of you, this doesn't mean that you have to go in and attack them because there are a lot of teachers who could tell you more horror stories than we ever could in terms right. of why you wouldn't want to send your child to a public school. Right. <laughs> Originally, the homeschoolers that I knew, there was a preponderance of them that were public school teachers who decided they never wanted to send their children to public school. Right. So we need to understand the culture. We need how to approach it so as to not be offensive on the get-go. If they take off their shoes, take off your shoes. If they cover their head in public, you can cover your head. Neither one of those things is causing you to disobey a clear commandment. But it does give you opportunity to be in a position to make disciples. Mm-hmm. Right, right. To be honoring honoring God in, in recognizing that he made that person and, um, and they're considering their, their values and their culture. Sure. We can certainly, certainly do that. I see that. Another example. And I think this is something that families could easily do, but then again, they'd have to schedule the time for it and recognize this as an ambassador opportunity. 
I have recently been participating in something that I think is a national program called CERT, C-E-R-T, and it stands for Community Emergency Response Team. And these would be the people who um, have been trained on a very, very elementary level how to be available in their neighborhoods in the case of an earthquake or a fire or a flood or whatever. And they're trained enough to help out until what's called the professional first responders show up. Right. Well, I've been, I'm, I had a long session on Saturday, a, a lengthy session Friday night, and there'll be another one coming up. So it's, it was basically three days I had to set aside. And I'm now with people in my community because these CERT teams are set up to be community related things. So if there's a problem, I'm not gonna go 15 miles necessarily to deal with the immediate problem, I'm gonna be in my neighborhood. And they okay. stress making sure you're safe and your family is safe. Mm -hmm. But what it did do is it put me in touch with other people who are getting trained who want to help. Right. Well, it, it really struck me how little of a Christian presence was in this meeting. Mm. Um, you know, if I were leading the meeting and it were a group of Christians, I'd say, okay, so what's the first thing we do in times of disaster or anticipating disaster? Repent of our sins and ask God to bless our land. Because yes. the terrorist right. attack, the, the earthquake or whatever it is, the volcano, depending on where you are, right? So that mm. wasn't present but I was present. So number one, I get to learn what people who want to help are like and why they do it. And so we had plenty of opportunities to have interaction. And so I'm learning and I'm being present. Well, there was one thing that was said on Friday night and the instructor said, by the way, if it comes time to have a tourniquet, she always has a tourniquet for herself that she won't share with anyone else and another tourniquet that she would carry. And she said, because this one's mine. And it, it sounds kind of cold. I see somebody needs a tourniquet and you have one in your bag, you know, but I understood the premise. You don't want to be in a position where you can't take care of yourself. Well, the right. very next morning. It's oh, like right. the, um, the, the air man coming down on an airplane. You take yours first. Right. So it still kind of sounds cold if you, you know, are just listening to it, although it's understandable. Right. So that very next morning before I went back to the class again, my husband and I were doing our devotion and we just happened to be in Matthew and the parable of the 10 virgins, the five who did not prepare and the other five who did. And I went, oh, well, this is like the parable of the virgins. Yeah. Right? Well, so I get back to the class early. The night before, this woman had been wearing earrings that had a cross on either side. And I said, by the way, yesterday when you were talking, I thought that was really cold, even though I agreed with it. And she was like, well, and I said, you know, it's very much like the parable of the virgins. <laughs> so I had just infused into this discussion somebody who at least wasn't, you know, she had crosses on her earrings, but she never indicated anything as she was actually presenting that we should pray or that we should obey God or anything like that. But I now, and I'm going to see her again and I'm going to be interacting with her the same way when I was talking to the people I was working with. So part of being an ambassador is giving some people who have no experience with Christians or poor experience with Christians 
and now I can infuse it in what I say. And you know, they go, well, so why is it you're eager to help or why are you doing this? And you get to share who you are, right? right. And that's just one example. There are many times if the local park needs a cleanup or somebody needs a volunteer, yes, it might be inconvenient, but this is the way you teach your children that we're going to let our light shine. Mm -hmm. um, there, some, some things about that um, remind me that very often, unfortunately, very often, all we really can do sometimes as Christians is, is just invite people to our church. And we need to be able to get out of our church. We need to be able to interact with people where they are on the things that are important to them. In this case, this um, emergency preparedness and to be able to bring the, um, the word of God to bear appropriately in the situations. And like I said, far too often, all we can do is invite them to church for the professional pastor to, to tell them what they need to know. So, so, um, you know, one of the things that homeschooling does permits us to prepare our children to be able to do that and to give them practice doing that. So you're talking about doing, uh, doing that in very, very practical ways. But there's another, uh, another thing that comes to my mind and that is, you know, we were talking about culture and, um, you know, I'm from the South, you know, we say, yes, sir. We say, no, sir. We'd be nice, you know, and there's, there is sadly, I, I think if we, if we're doing that and we don't bring it back to the word of God, if we're just a good emergency preparedness person, if we're just a good response, a good, a first responder and don't ever make that connection between as being an ambassador as representing Christ and knowing, you know, having some, some real, you know, application in these things from, from that biblical perspective, then we really are just can just be culturally nice. You know? Oh, absolutely. And remember that I think it's uh, Henry Van Til who says culture is religion externalized. And I very much saw in this meeting that it was the status civil culture. The end all and be all will be the police and the firemen. And you need to obey the orders of the state, etc. So I get that. But we shouldn't be afraid to venture into areas and reclaim them. So right. you said lots of practical ways. Most homeschooling families I know have some sort of outside extracurricular, whether it's art classes or music classes or teams. Well, then you're an ambassador to the coach and the other parents, which means that you need to watch yourself because as soon as somebody makes the connection, assuming that you're not hiding your light under a bushel, it makes the con connection that you're a Christian, you want to have it be a faithful representation rather than an unfaithful representation. So if you're the father who screams and curses at any kid who didn't make the goal, and then somehow or other you think that you're going to invite someone to church. Um, no, 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 
So my perspective is first and foremost, if we do not identify today, what you identify as, if we do not identify as citizens of the kingdom of God with the role, whether we asked for it or not to be ambassadors, then we're going to conduct our lives so differently. And by example, our children are going to have a mindset that says, this isn't just about me. This is about furthering the kingdom. And this is a way I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. You said early on that um, about, about looking at, about people looking at us, you know, and observing, and they do. The scripture tells us that, that men look and and women, mankind look at the external. We look at the outside, but God looks at the heart. And a lot of times we can say, oh, well, you know, they just can't see my heart, you know, but the scripture tells us that for a reason. We all, the love is observable. It's not just a feeling. And so when we're loving our neighbors, we're not just saying, you know, having a sentimental uh, niceties about it. It really needs to be legitimately um, caring for them in terms of God's word, you know? And so when we look at, um, at the commands of God, that's what love looks like. Exactly. And instead of having a sequestered retreatist attitude, which unfortunately a lot of people have, because they don't want the hassle of being um, either socially ostracized or being condemned for something. It's just the opposite. Let's go out and let our light shine. So men may see our good works and glorify our father in heaven because we told them why we did it and who we are glorifying. Right, 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 right. And this can happen. This can happen at the checkout line. Telling the, the cashier, by the way, you um, you forgot to ring that up. Oh, thank you very much. Well, you see, I have to answer to God and it's wrong to steal. And I wouldn't want you to be in a position where you got some sort of penalty because I failed to tell you what's right. You see, you just had a very easy conversation. The cashier might go, wow, she's weird, yep. <laughs> which she yep. could say anyway. But the yep. point being is that I just gave her something to think about. And a, a, a significant point here, Andrea, is you know what God's word requires of you. So you can represent him accurately. You yes. know, you know not to steal. And because the Bible tells you so, you know, we know um, the scripture tells us not to covet our neighbor's property, you know, not to steal from our neighbor not to bear false witness against our neighbor. There's lots of things that the scripture tells us what it's going to look like to honor our, um, to love our neighbor as ourself. Right. And we know that there are plenty of caricatures about Christians, the uh, humanist wicked um, elements of our society that hate Christ first. And that's why they hate us will say all sorts of things. So if somebody accuses someone who's against abortion, for example, and says, you people are just all violent and you just, you know, well, actually anybody who does that, sir, 
is violating one of God's commandments, which says, and we are not allowed to exact vengeance because the word of God says he has jurisdiction over giving vengeance. You see, even when somebody presents you with a caricature or maybe some accurate descriptions of how some people who profess Christ act, you're still in a position, especially on a one-on-one, -on -one, to be able to clarify it. Of course, that's if, if you know God's law. If you don't, what most people end up doing is apologizing for other people as if that's a correct, um, a clear or correct representation of scripture, which it's not. Right. Um, it, you, this conversation is reminding me of something that I saw on Facebook and, um, you know, uh, loving our neighbor, we have to really, really love our real, real neighbor, you know, like the one that lives next door to me and the one that lives next door to you. And, um, but for, um, one thing I saw on Facebook of a lady who I, I don't know, but she was saying in one of her posts about how she would never, ever um, want to support um, uh, someone not be it, to. She would never want to support um, Roe v. Wade being overturned. OK, she would never want to do that. In her next feed, she's telling about a neighbor whose dog attacked another dog, and she wants that dog to be killed. So on one hand, she's, you know, she wants, she doesn't know that it's the law of God that she wants applied. On the one hand, when it's affecting her and she's afraid for her dog, and when, on the other hand, she would not defend the life of a child. Right. You know, so we really are, um, you know, we're, we're very, very inconsistent in what we know and how we apply it. Right. And keep in mind, sometimes an ambassador has to deliver an unpopular communication. The ambassador and how we started at the beginning doesn't get to, or shouldn't, make it up as he goes along. If his superior says, go and tell so-and-so that we will not do this, mm -hmm. he has to faithfully render that message, we will not do this. So sometimes our faithful communication in our ambassador role is to speak exactly what the word of God says, even if it will be unpopular. Right. And this is right. where we have to have our alliance much more to the king of kings than our own comfort and security. And that right. means it will never be communicated to your children if they don't see it manifested in you. Yeah. And I don't see that we can have these conversations effectively. What just, you know, back and forth on Facebook, it's got to be real relationships and real people and real one-on-one -on -one conversations so that those things can be properly addressed and not misunderstood. Right. I think a great use of Facebook for as long as it is even in its current form is to be provocative without being antagonistic or nasty and making a statement that would get someone else to consider, hmm, 
And then if that person responds, say, let's take this to a private conversation, which Facebook allows you to do, and maybe eventually get on the phone with each other. Even if you're clear across the country, you can do that. The point will be, how does the ambassador get an audience with the people he or she is supposed to reach? Well, we're supposed to reach the nations. So guess what? My ambassadorship covers all the continents, north, south, east, and west. And as I have opportunity and I don't do it, I'm derelict in my duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our ambassadors uh, live in those other countries. You know, they live among those other people. You know, so we can't we can't withdraw and and point our fingers and say and then just invite people to church. We have to go and represent him well at where where he's put us. And I'm sorry to say that sometimes just inviting someone to church, depending on the level of preaching and everything else, might not be the thing that makes it so that you have continued access. Um, I think inviting people to church should be for those who are expressing a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Not If you have somebody who's not expressing that hunger and thirst, then maybe you have a little bit more work to do to kind of get in there and find out if these people really do have a sense of justice, which that person you said obviously had a sense of justice with regards to dogs, but not exactly in terms of people. Right. That would be a great one-on-one, not particularly useful to sound that out where everybody and his brother is going to kind of get in and have an opinion, but right. to, like I said, be provocative and provoke the kind of um, exchange you would like and make sure that your exchange is, I really hope grumpy old Mr. Jones, who yells at me every time I walk my dog, who says, don't you have your dog poop on my lawn and go, no, Mr. Jones, see, I've got my baggie and, and, and we don't do that or whatever, that we pray that Mr. Jones comes to faith, no matter how irritating he is or how many times he yells at us. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, there's a lot that we can do. And, um, you know, the Lord tells us, it, it, here's another thing, real quick. We often think that it's it's about going to Africa or, you know, whatever. And it, it's not. It, it's, it's right where we live. It's right next door. It's when we go to the grocery store. And um, so... So being an ambassador and representing the Lord well wherever we are is something that we always need to be mindful of and do it well where we are. And maybe people have confused the term ambassador and missionary and think that they're two different. I think they're actually synonyms for the same thing. What's your mission? If the ambassador isn't on a mission, he probably wouldn't be in the embassy. He wouldn't be there, but he's on an official mission. Do right. we know that our families, especially homeschooling families that have made this commitment in many cases to make everything under the rule of Jesus Christ, um, right. do our children know their mission? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes they don't. Sometimes we, we don't necessarily communicate that well to children. And that's what this whole homeschool and help conversations are about so that we don't miss the the 
what I believe, and I know you, you would agree, it's God's heart for our families, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so it's not just to do school at home, but to, to really be able to implement these things and live as ambassadors in the communities where he's, he's put us. Right. And it's, edu- it's education at home so that we have useful members of the body of Christ and so much stronger if the family is unified in that effort so that generationally we're passing down these very, very important truths and marching orders. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. But you know, these days it's really hard to um, necessarily, we've talked about this before, everybody that's homeschooling may not have that mindset yet. Because we've said it before, we're not born again with perfect theology. That's something that that we have to grow in, and that's something that word the word of God informs us on. Right, indeed. All right. Well, I think we've gone over our time. Well, it's always a pleasure. You know, it's easy to do once we get once we get started. This is but true. So join us next time, everybody. Join us All next right. time as um, we finish up this series and. Uh, talking about another way to be outside the box in our thinking. Very good. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Andrea Schwartz and the Kingdom Driven Family Podcast, holding up the family and self-government as a true and lasting means of transforming society. Please visit thekingdomdrivenfamily.com and reconstructionistradio.com.